So, good, good evening, everybody. Is this amplifying adequately at the back? Good. And welcome to, to Guy House and to this uh, exceptionally beautiful weather, which is forecast to persist. Let's hope it does. I recognize that about maybe half of you have been on a, a retreat of this nature with us before, so um, what I'm going to say now you'll have heard a dozen times already. But to begin with, it would be good, I think, just to set the scene uh, for what we're going to be doing. We call these study retreats and what that means in practice is that we come here and we'll be spending the next day, next week, um, on a retreat, on a silent, reflective um, meditation process. And there'll be periods of sitting and walking through the day. Um, and that will be much like a meditation retreat that you would do here at Guy House or in some other centre, a Vipassana centre or a Zen centre. Uh, an opportunity really just to be entirely um, by yourself. That doesn't contradict the fact that there's a lot of us together in the same room. But we won't be talking, we won't be communicating very much outside the periods of discussion. And it's an opportunity to, to reflect to look closely, carefully, critically perhaps, at what is happening, what's going on. And I don't want to prefigure that by saying in the mind or around us in the world, but simply what is going on. What is it to, uh, to be a human being in this uh, time, in this place, and to try to really um, put aside our opinions, our views, our habits of thought, our self-image, our plans, our uh, fantasies, our memories, without denigrating these things. They're all part of our humanity too, but not somehow letting them run the show trying to establish and to cultivate within us a clear and still space. And that's really going to be, I think, at the heart, not only of the, of the meditation practice, the formal sittings in here and the periods where we'll be walking on sitting outside, but also this is going to be very much uh, at the heart of the of the seminars that... Um, are you looking for a place to sit? You are. You want a chair? You prefer a chair. We'll go into the back room. And you will find such, I hope. Now, the way the, day, the, the, the days will be broken down is that um, we'll have in the morning... Um, what we call a seminar, but please put out of your mind sitting in a classroom. 
looking at a PowerPoint presentation and trying to accumulate information. But these kinds of seminars will hopefully be very much in the spirit of what we are exploring on the cushion as we walk, as we eat. Doing our best not to separate out into practice on the one hand, which is sometimes tacitly acknowledged to be the real thing, and theory or ideas or philosophy on the other, which is somehow, in many meditation uh, circles, uh, considered to be somewhat of secondary importance. I don't think we can split our lives so conveniently down that line, my practice and my philosophy. I'd very much like to think of philosophy in the way that this was used in Greece as um, a way of life, uh, a practice that includes everything that we think and speak and do, and something that is eminently practical, something we can apply. But anyway, we'll come back to these ideas as we proceed through the, the week together. In the afternoon, um, before tea, we'll have an open discussion period. Um, and hopefully that will set in motion a conversation, a discussion. I, I realise with this number, it's not necessarily possible for everybody to... Uh, interact as fully as they may wish but we have to live with the constraints of this space and then in the evening Martine will give a a talk um, which I won't preempt by saying what it will be about but it will focus again once just another angle on the same basic questions, the same basic material of of, of being uh, human of living in this world. In terms of the content uh, this week, um, I'm going to be sharing with you what I've been working on over the last uh, couple of months. Uh, Some of you might be aware that I've taken this year out as a sort of sabbatical. Um, I'm only teaching, I think, three retreats all year. This is the last one. And the rest of the time I've been at home and I've been almost entirely focusing on the study and the translation of texts from Pali. And that's what we're going to be looking at. The um, handout um, was emailed to you uh, on Thursday and many of you uh, hopefully have brought along a copy of that, either a paper copy or on a tablet or an iPad. If you don't have a copy of that, we will print you one out here at Guy House. But to do that, we need to know how many such copies will we need. Could you put your hands up if you need one? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Keep them up. One, two... All right, so um, those will be printed, um, uh, well, 
as soon as the coordinators tomorrow. But we won't need that tomorrow morning anyway. Uh, Tomorrow morning, I'm going to start um, by just setting the context for uh, that material. And I've got a handout here. I'm going to put it by the notice board in the entrance hall there. If you could just take one sheet each. And this will hopefully be adequate for what we'll do uh, tomorrow. Uh, And in the course of the day tomorrow, um, I'll make sure we have 30 more printouts um, and you can help yourself to one of them. Um, You will therefore have a text and I would appreciate if you could um, uh, look at this and and read it and reflect upon it and I'll be talking about it during the week. Uh, some of these passages Um, and we'll also have the afternoon where we can explore anything that is unclear or troublesome or difficult um, and we can try to unpack it. The other question on a study retreat is to what extent do we uh, spend time reading? Well in addition to these texts, they're only going to come to about 10 pages, it's not very long. Um, If you've brought a book, um, then we have no problem with you uh, reading that. Um, Sometimes at Gaia House, the retreats have a strong policy about no reading. Uh, We're not going to follow that here. I don't see why reading should be somehow banned or excluded, particularly on a retreat in which we are actually exploring text. But I think it's an opportunity on a retreat to look at the way we read. Is reading or picking up a book um, a nice way of distracting ourselves from something we're finding difficult to look at? When we're feeling a bit bored, pick up a book, start reading. And to what extent does reading Um, in a way, just carry us along, maybe not very reflectively. We just kind of gobble up the words and flick through the pages. So just as we learn to sit and walk in a quieter, more reflective, more contemplative way, perhaps we can also explore how we might read in a quieter, slower and more contemplative way. So in other words, you know, slowing down and just maybe reading a page or a paragraph or a sentence. And instead of running on to the next one, if a particular line or a particular um, body of ideas has somehow engaged you, then go back and read it again. And again and again. This is certainly something I've found to be of value in these translations I've been doing over the last couple of months. I've been reading and reading and rereading and rereading the same stuff again and again and again and again and again. And I think the mark of a classical text is that it bears repeated reading. And I'm sure we're all familiar with that with our favorite poets or philosophers or novelists, is that we can go back to these texts and discover 
layers of meaning, nuances um, that we didn't notice on the first reading at all. And so I'd like to cultivate this idea of rereading. In fact, one probably dubious etymology of the word religion uh, is not reconnecting, as is sometimes said, but rereading. Rereading the classical text, the Bible, the Bhagavad Gita, the Quran, the suttas of Buddhism. There's something, I think, in the practice of rereading that brings a contemplative quality to our relationship with the text. If you haven't brought a book and you would like to read something, then you can use the library. But again, go to the library, look through what is there and just take one text that strikes you and and use that as your additional reading material through the week, if you wish. Absolutely no uh, suggestion that that's what you have to do. But we're not at all um, averse to uh, exploring ideas uh, through books that you find uh, on our shelves in the library. Since many of us are... um, here, having travelled some distance, some of us have come from different parts of the world, um, I suspect that means that we're a bit tired and we're not going to keep you up very late tonight. Um, Once Martine has said a few words, we'll retire. But do be aware that if you've spent the last day or so frantically tying up a million loose ends and then jumping in a car or a train or a plane and then coming here in the heat of the day, you're probably pretty whacked. And um, to acknowledge that and to, to allow tomorrow and the next day as a time also to recover from the pressures and the strains and the stresses of daily life, not to, um, you know, feel troubled if you feel groggy the whole time or sleepy, but take a nap, rest, Um, respect the body's needs. Don't feel that we're in some sort of punishment camp (laughs) where um, if you're not feeling excruciating pain in your knees, then you're somehow not doing it right. Um, Try to get out of your mind all of these remnants of Indian asceticism. (laughs) Is there anything else I'm supposed to say? Okay, that's all I need to say. Martin. So just to be, uh, I'm very pleased to be with all of you here, the one, the familiar faces, but also the people we've never met before. And I hope we spend a fruitful and beneficial time together. So before I uh, start to speak, I wanted just from a practical point of view about if you go in the library, please just go there to get to take a book and don't stay there because it's a small space. And if 55 people try to read in the library, I think it gets a little crowded. So I would recommend, of course, either you read outside, either you read in the room. But when you read, you just read. 
and not to read while you're eating, for example. We're trying to be mindful. We're trying to do one thing at a time. So that's what I would uh, really like to say about that. Then just a small point that uh, a friend of ours uh, just uh, passed away. And so on Tuesday, Stephen will have to lead the funeral. So it will still give the seminar, but it will be at 9.30 instead of 10. But on Monday night, I will remind you that in the morning on Tuesday, there will be a slight change. Still the seminar, but the sitting, walking will be a little different than other days. Also, um, we're going to be in silence. And I think, in a way, to see the silence not as a penance, but to see the silence as a way to share the space in a different way, as a way to be with ourselves differently. I think it's very important that we can be by ourselves, we can support each other. The fact that we're all together in this room through the day will really help us. The fact that we walk together during the walking period, we sit together during the sitting period, is going to be really helpful. And so in a way, that's a way we're going to sustain, to support each other. But we want to do it in a different context. You could say with the silence. Because often... In the silence, we kind of start to be mindful of ourselves, mindful of others in a different way, but also mindful of how we see others very quickly. We start to have ideas about others. And so in a way, to to make us see this also a little more clearly, the silence is kind of like part of the training. Then on the last day, on Sunday morning, The silence will be broken at breakfast and then you can share and talk uh, the whole morning. There will be different periods where we can share with each other. And so I would really ask you to keep the silence, to cultivate it, not just for yourself, but for others. And also we share the house with personal retreatants on the other side of the house who also are keeping the silence. And I think these, the silence is really can be a help to rest. You don't have to prove yourself to anybody. You just need to be present to yourself right here, right now. And so, of course, each of us come with different conditions. Some people might come with very good condition, very happy, very peaceful. Others might come with difficult conditions. We come with different physical conditions, emotional, mental conditions. And so in the silence to just, in a way, rest our being. We don't have to rush around. We don't have to pretend. We don't have to kind of uh, explore things in a way which is uh, very abstract, very inner words. We want to just, in a way, more be with each other, share with each other, communicate with each other in a way which is more peaceful, which is more calm, which is also more clear. And I think one of the things about the silence is also to become friends with each other, with ourselves, 
to kind of friend with myself, to accept myself as I come to be in this moment. And also to see that it changes. We fix ourselves, we fix others so quickly. And in a way, each day, each moment is an opportunity to creatively engage with ourselves, with the environment, with others in this silent, supportive atmosphere. So we need to see that what is very important outside of the sitting, the walking meditation, also to explore, I would say, ethics, which is about relationship. How do we relate to ourselves? How do we relate to others? How do we relate to the environment? Can we try, can try consciously cultivate harmlessness, generosity, respect, silence, clarity? So to see that the silence is part of helping us to do that. Because sometimes when we speak, we speak faster than we think faster than our wisdom, our compassion. And so here it's a really a way to just, in a way, rest. Rest in the moment. Be friendly with the moment. Friendly with ourselves, friendly with others in the silence. So we don't need to be gloomy on this retreat. You can smile at each other, but if somebody doesn't smile back, don't worry. <laughs> don't take it personally. Possibly they are not, they might be short-sighted or they might have the sun in the eyes or they might be really, you know, in deep concentration. But just we're trying to cultivate a friendly atmosphere within the silence where we respect each other's space. And of course within that, this is a, quite a big retreat. There are lots of people, so we have to share this atmosphere in a friendly way. You also have to share rooms And so I hope you'll be okay. Because when you are in a new place and you might be hot, you might not sleep very well, hopefully nobody is going to snore. But if there is any problem, you can always get earplugs. The coordinators have lots of them. I think you might find them in the little uh, cubicle with the uh, chemistry things. And to see that, can you see, often... Uh, Sometimes we cannot sleep. I mean, at the moment in France, it's as hot as here, even hotter. You know, and at night it's like, ah, it's hot. So you cannot sleep so well. But how can the meditation help us to be with the fact that we might not sleep so well? And I think one of the things that <coughs> often we do is that we worry about not sleeping. Here you really don't have to worry about that. You know, if you don't sleep, At night, then you can sleep during the day, time to time. There is quite a few periods after breakfast, after lunch, after dinner, where you can rest a bit. There is walking period. If you're too tired, you can go and rest. And if you're really tired, you can, of course, miss a sitting and rest again if you need to. And so can you be with maybe not sleeping so well in a different way? Instead of going into the worrying about it or worry about something else, can we just be mindful? I mean, we can do lying down meditation. Just be mindful of the body. Just be mindful of the breath. Just be mindful of the sensation of contact of the body on the bed. 
And just this is meditation too. Meditation is not just sitting on discussion. Meditation is also at night if we wake up. And we just go to the breath, to the body, and just try to meditate. And this is something we can easily do in daily life. So I also, as Stephen said, on the first day or two, we might be a little sleepy, especially if it's a little sunny. But again, of course, I can give you different little you know, tips on what to do if you feel a little sleepy, but I can give you a good one, which is it will pass. Like all things, it will pass. So, of course, you can straighten the back, open the eyes, ask a question, who is sitting here, who is breathing, or walk a little briskly before you come to sit. But in the end, you are doomed to feel sleepy when you sit. I, too, feel sleepy when I sit time to time. And so just to be aware of that, you start your game and and then you wake up again. That, too, will pass. Or you might sit or walk in meditation, and you have lots of thought. And so this retreat is not about stopping thought, especially with the study. But recently I found a really wonderful sutta, a wonderful sutta. And, you know, dating very likely 2,000, 2,500 years ago. And the sutta is about the studying monk putting down the meditation monk and the meditation monk putting down the study monk. It's very funny what they say about each other. And the Buddha said, come on, you have to appreciate each other. You have to have respect for each other. So that's what we're going to try to do during this retreat, to actually do the meditation, do the mindfulness. And at the same time, in a way, sharpen the wisdom, sharpen the clarity. And so we're not going to try to stop the thought. But we're going to try to see the thought again. They too can pass. They arise. And if we don't stick to it, if we don't identify with it, they just arise and they pass. And this is something we can really investigate during this week. That's the only thing I can guarantee, that things will pass. Thought, feeling, sensation. Tomorrow you might feel, God, what am I doing here? You know what? If this is like this the whole time, but I can really guarantee it will not be like this the whole time. It changes. And so this is part of the meditation practice, is to be aware of the change, to explore the change, to creatively engage with the change. So that's really part of what we'll do during this retreat. Also, on this retreat, uh, one thing that uh, I know this might be difficult for some people, but I think sometimes we have to be heroic. So what I would like to ask you is, for, for eight days, from now on till Sunday, Can you switch your telephone off? Can you switch your mobile phone off? Can you do this? Can you do this? I mean, actually, you can't really receive well anyway, but still. 
I think it's a good, you see, I'm not saying mobile phones are not useful, they can be useful, but I think an, a, a, a retreat is an opportunity not to have to text every two minutes, not to look this every two minutes. Just live it. And just be. I mean, you know, you have so much, when you leave the retreat, you'll have so much time. You can spend on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, whatever you want. Texting or whatever it is, selfies, whatever. <laughs> but maybe not for this week. And maybe this week, since we are in nature, and possibly it might not rain, then just to, to be in nature, can we appreciate to be in nature? And can we just be here and not somewhere else? So really don't, please don't use your phone in your bedroom. That's a really, no, no. Please don't, this is something. You might use your phone as a clock. That's just a little okay. <laughs> but don't have a phone with a clock which go beeps every hour and then everybody is woken up and you sleep. That's not very helpful. So be very careful if you use them as clock. If you don't have any other method of having a clock and you want to see the time. And if you really need to phone, actually there is a little cabin in the back of the house for whatever emergency there might be. So that's what I would say. As an experiment, can you do without your mobile phone for a week, basically? If you have an iPad, of course you can use it to read if you use it as a reader. But please don't use it to write a PhD or please don't use it to text or email or anything like this. Please kind of... In a way, I think what is important on a retreat is the fact that we have the choice. This is what we're going to develop with the meditation. To have the choice to do something and not to do it. Instead to have the compulsion of not being able to not do it. Or to do it. So it's really exploring that. Like with the thought, when we try to meditate, try to be aware of the breath. Of course we love thought, apart from the breath. But the question is, can I see that I have the choice? Of course I can think about all kinds of things. Why not? But I can also have a little holidays from certain thoughts, which are quite repetitive, and I can make the choice just for five seconds to come back to the breath again and again. And then to be more present to this experience and to really inquire into it creatively, engage with it. So, personally, I will be the one uh, taking more care of the meditation. And so every day at 9.30, if everybody could be on time in the meditation room for the meditation instruction apart from Tuesday, where we'll do it an hour later. And every day I will suggest a theme, a theme for the day. But if you want to do something else, please feel free to do that. But a day I find that a little theme every day seems to help. So I'll give just five minute instruction in meditation. And then in the afternoon, the first sitting of the afternoon, 
since often we fall asleep after lunch, I will do a guided meditation from the instructions. But again, if you don't like guided meditation, just listen to my word like the little bird in the sky. Just more to keep us away. So that's what I'm going to do in terms of the meditation. And then in the evening, I'll give a talk which will be more about meditation and daily life. And I'll bring some sutta and things like that. And then we can have a little discussion after the end of the talk. Then there will also be uh, the group discussion. Stephen mentioned it at 4.45. But through the day, there will be opportunity, not for everybody, but for a certain number of people, to have a private personal interviews. So I'll put this on the board, and then tomorrow I'm going to sign up some people. There is a few people I want to see, because a few people have never been on retreat, or I want to check with them at the beginning of the retreat. So tomorrow if you check, if your name is on the board or not, and then you can sign up if you want to meet Stephen or myself. Then outside of this, official uh, personal interviews, we are here for you. We're going to be here the whole eight days. And if at any moment you want to meet us, we can meet you after breakfast, after lunch, after dinner. So either tap us on the shoulder, I need to speak to you, or leave us a note and we'll find a time to see you. We're really here. So don't hesitate. And you think, oh, should I speak to Martin or Stephen? Don't wait till the end of the retreat. Just leave us a note and we can meet you. We are really here for you. So I thought what we would do to start with is just do a little meditation. Just to not like a long meditation. But first we'll stand up. And we can do standing meditation. Just standing. Just being aware of the body standing This is a meditation we can easily do at home, at home, in the supermarket, waiting for the bus. Just standing meditation, very important meditation. Being aware of the feet on the floor, trying to have a good posture, the back straight, the shoulder open and relaxed. The eyes half closed, gazing gently in front of us, or wide open, gazing gently in front of us. Then doing a little stretching. Just stretching a little again, being aware of the body stretching. Feeling the body moving. And then finding a comfortable posture. 
So sitting on the floor or sitting on a chair. If there are not enough chairs, you can take chairs, one or two chairs from the library if you need. <coughs> so if you sit on the floor, find whatever position is comfortable. I would suggest for the first two days to explore, especially the first day, to explore with the posture. If you're on the floor, see, see is it fine to have like a half quarter lotus or Burmese posture or sitting, kneeling on a bench, on cushions? Do I need two cushions? I mean, there are lots of cushions at the back, benches and things. So really play a little around so you can find a comfortable posture. If you sit in the chair, be careful. I would recommend, if you sit at the back of the chair, really try to sit straight. Otherwise, you're going to fall asleep. Otherwise, if you can, if your back is okay, you can sit in the middle of the chair. And then you're holding the back yourself. That's for you to see what is best for you. Then you can put the hands on the laps or traditional posture or just in front of you, whatever works. The eyes are gently closed or half open. If they're open, just gazing gently in front of you. And then gently resting the attention on the breath. Breathing in, being aware of the breath, the air coming in. Breathing out, being aware of the air coming out. We're not forcing the breath in any way. We're not controlling it. We're just letting it happen.
If we become distracted, gently coming back, coming back to the breath. We are aware of the breath within a wide open awareness. We hear sound. There are thought, feeling, sensations arising and passing away. As we try to rest our attention on the sensation we experience when we breathe.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.